Let's stand together this, uh, this Christmas morning, and uh, if you could uh, reach down and find the Bible as well, I'm going to read the, the surrounding verses one more time of Philippians chapter 2 that we've been looking at over the last week or so. And I'm going to read from verse 1 uh, to verse 11. And let's, let's pray as we come to the Bible now. Let's pray. Father, this Christmas morning, would you speak to us and would we listen to the glory of Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. So friends, Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, page 980 in the Pew Bibles. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Do please sit down. Well, a very warm welcome to you this, this Christmas morning. How are you feeling? A little tired? I feel a little tired too. But I do want to say Merry Christmas. And you can, you can say Merry Christmas to me as well if you like. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers me up, you know. The, yeah, the preacher. You've got to get him going as well. It's not just me. You've got to, you know, jazz me up a little this morning. So... Christmas is a great time, isn't it? And it's a wonderful time for enjoying family. There's probably family you here visiting from out of town and friends and all that. And of course at Christmas, no one ever has an argument, right? I, I remember one particular family get-together when I was younger at, at, at my home growing up when there was a... When there was, you know, there was a particularly sort of, there was an argument with a, with, a, with a relative and, you know, it was, well, being English, no one actually said anything. <laughs> but the atmosphere was electric, you know. Um, but there, there are moments, aren't there, when you gather together and, yeah, and you love each other and it's chestnuts roasting on the open fire or reindeer going tingling, whatever it is that they go. And um, there's mistletoe, or was that New Year? I forget, but anyway. 
And of course, there's lots of gifts and, you know, and, and all the rest. And you're dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones you used to know when you didn't have a snow blower. And, you know, it's that kind of thing going on. And, and everyone loves each other, but sometimes, just sometimes, it's a little hard to get along. I think sometimes perhaps even the spirit of Christmas can mean, you know, you come together and it's almost as if every time you're at this moment of Christmas, it's the first time, isn't it? And, and, and it, it, if it's not the first time, it's sort of new again and it reminds you of significant Christmases you've been through and it brings back memories, doesn't it? And maybe it brings back pain. I don't know whether you've been watching or listening to the news this morning, but in Nigeria, have you heard this? There's been some bombing of, of churches on Christmas. Imagine, imagine what that will be for those Christians in future years, what, how they will remember Christmas. I guess no one here has had that kind of bomb, but maybe someone dropped a bomb at you around Christmas one year. And right now, as I'm speaking, that's what you're thinking of. You see. And, and, and how, how does this, this moment, this experience, help us deal with that kind of pain? I remember once uh, coming across a bishop who said that before he went into the church, he used to think that church life, uh, in church life there were no church politics. He said, that was when I was truly naive. Perhaps it's something to do with church for you. And you've actually come to church this morning, but it hasn't been for quite a few years. It's a bit like that with Christmas, isn't it? You know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, or is it reindeer roasting on the open fire? You get confused after a while. And, and Bing, you know, Bing Crosby is singing impossibly deeply. Or is it Todd Augustine? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. And it's all great and, and, and all that. But how do you find... That true spirit of Christmas where you just love each other. Let's just forget all the stuff and love each other. Where you have the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, as the Apostle Paul puts it in our verse this Christmas morning. I always rather like the story of the two brothers who used to work for the Bible Society in London some years ago, and they were working, two brothers, they were working on a project together, and one of the brothers was one of these, you know, really decisive types, that once he had made up his mind, that was it, there was no shifting, no shifting him, and he had decided something, and whatever his brother said, he was not going to change his mind, right? And they had an office uh, sort of next to each other, and they, they met in one of their offices, and they opened, the door was open, and so all the other staff could hear their discussion, quote-unquote, going on. And then at one point, the story goes that these two brothers that were, who were having this discussion, and the brother who was not for turning, who made up his mind and was not going to change, suddenly could be heard very loudly saying to his other brother, you know, whatever his name was, George or Bill or something, No, George, I will not pray about it. I have made up my mind. You see, I love that. It's so real to church life, isn't it? I've made up my mind. I will not pray about it. Ask God, I've made up my mind. You know what I mean? And and you're just kind of stuck and you can't embrace the other person. 
Perhaps you've already made up your mind about Christmas this year. You're not even going to pray about it this morning. You're certainly not going to listen to a sermon about it. Christmas is just another midwinter festival. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there are lots of traditions associated with Christmas that have, don't trace their roots to Bethlehem. But the heart of Christmas does. See, this letter of Paul's to the Philippians was written to a church that was founded about 10 years after Jesus had been crucified. Then the letter came about 10 years after that, and they know this is true. He who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, becoming human in the likeness of men, a baby. They know it's true. Christ Mass is the feast of Christ. It's saying that we're celebrating the birth of Jesus as the Messiah. This is not a Western tradition. It didn't happen in America or England or Europe. It happened in Bethlehem. There are more people becoming Christians in China today than in America. This is not about Western religious traditions. This is about Christ, who daily Muslims are coming to believe, Africans are worshiping, Asians, every nation and tribe at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Now, you you may say that's pretty obvious, but then, you know, this, this message of Christmas. But some of the most important things are obvious and yet hard to see. Uh, perhaps you've seen there's a new Sherlock Holmes movie that's coming out this Christmas. I, I don't think I'm going to see it, but anyway. The story goes that Holmes and Watson were on a camping trip. And in the middle of the night, Holmes wakes up Watson And he asks him what he notices as he looks up at the stars, you see. And so Watson says, astronomically, I deduce. What do you deduce, Watson? Okay. Astronomically, I deduce that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I believe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. Theologically, I deduce that God is all-powerful and we are a small but significant part of the universe. And there's a pause. Watson, Holmes says, I deduce someone stole our tent. Some people have profound theologies, but they miss, they miss the main thing. It's easy to get big, complicated things right, but then miss what is right in front of you. Sometimes other people can see it when you cannot. I remember a couple of people who went on a youth camp with us once, uh, one, one saying to the other, day after day, looking at all the people going swimming and doing everything you can imagine that's fun, like tubing and water skiing, and they just said to themselves, there's nothing to do here. Perhaps you like the Narnian book. C.S. Lewis, in his last Narnian book, has a wonderful image of this issue of seeing what is right in front of your face. Uh, Maybe you remember it. They're these dwarves, and they're all gathered together in a circle, and they will not be taken in. They're sitting in a circle, and the dwarves are for the dwarves. And they want to believe that they're still just sitting in a stinking stable, 
And, and they won't look out. They won't turn around and look at the, at the beautiful grass and the sun and the, and the friends all around them who, want, who just want to love them, to have the same love for them. It was a stable, you know. It was a stinking stable. And into that manger, nonetheless, was squeezed the architect and CEO of the whole universe. That's what Christmas is about. Not the tinsel, not even the presents, not the music, not the traditions. Christ, born this day, we we commemorate. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That means my knee, that means your knee. That's where joy comes from. That means that's where love comes from. That's where unity comes from. Where does it come from? Modeling the model of the humility of God modeled in our own lives. That's how we get along with other people, by having that kind of humility. That's how you love the person next to you. That is the answer at a micro level in your family, at a macro level in the whole world with all the things going on in Syria and everywhere else. That message of God come down is what will save the world. Receive that love, live in that love by loving each other as one. Well, it's been a great year at College Church. This has been our 150th anniversary. Soon we'll be 151. College Church is supporting 222 missionaries, 15 seminaries, and 50 different countries. College Church is ministering to the disabled. College Church is ministering to those in need. College Church is ministering to college students. College Church is ministering to the next generation of pastors and missionaries through its training programs. College Church is ministering to the elderly and the shut-ins. College Church is ministering to families. College Church is ministering around the globe through the webpage and blogs and all of that, the live broadcast services. College Church is ministering through resale stores. College Church is ministering through Bible teaching and training other Bible teachers. College Church is ministering through men's ministries, women's ministries, teaching English as a foreign language, children's ministries, hundreds of people coming through the doors during the week, thousands of the weekend as we proclaim the gospel together. College Church is ministering, which means You are, we all are, as one, the same love. And it's just the beginning, unless, you know, until Jesus returns. 150 years is not an anchor to hold us back. It's like a a fuel pack on a rocket ship blasting into outer space. That section falls off, and then we go ahead. I rather like the story that I told the other week when we were looking at Ecclesiastes of the southern preacher Criswell who got up the Sunday after the Soviet astronaut had said that he had gone into outer space and looked around the heavens and had not seen God. And this southern preacher Criswell said the next Sunday, well, if he'd removed his spacesuit, he would have seen him. 
And so we looked at God's answer to atheism. And as we come to the end of this year, as we celebrate Christmas, this day, Christ who is born the Savior of the world, we in his model are one and have the same love. We do it by affection. We do it by humility. We do it by giving generosity as Christ gave himself to us. That's one of the things that made this church so great. Paul in 2 Corinthians just just goes on and on about how the Macedonian Christians, that's the Christians from this region of Philippi, the Macedonian Christians had, had given themselves to the Lord and then to them as the Lord had commanded, had given themselves over and above what he had expected. They were such a generous church. First time I, I understood this kind of generosity, I think, was when I was about 18. And uh, the church back home, I was a student, a college student. The church back home was going through some kind of building program, and they were trying to raise money, as churches do when they are trying to do that. And, um, and so that I was thinking about that. And I'd opened my first bank account, and I think I had 200 pounds in it, which doesn't translate to a lot of dollars, by the way. And uh, I was thinking about this, and I thought, well, what can, what can I do? And I thought, well, I've got another month or so to the end of the year. I can probably live on 100 pounds. My food's taken care of. I've got a place to live. I'm sure I can live on that. Let's just write a check for 100 pounds. And so I did. I knew that wouldn't make much difference. But I did that. And then I found out about a year or so later, that pastor had actually taken the check to the pulpit and said, look, guys. Here's someone who just has, you know, barely two shekels to rub together. He's given 100 pounds. They were this kind of church. We're that kind of church. Overflowing with generosity. Why? For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That same love, solely Deo Gloria, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christ feast. Merry Jesus born in a manger. Merry God's love poured out for you, for you, for you for you. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the truth of this story that Paul recounts. Born, died, exalted, We thank you, Jesus, for the reality that because of this, we can have the same love. We pray, Father, that we would rejoice in that truth this Christmas. And, Father, that we would be one and love each other with the same kind of humility with which we have been loved by you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.